0: Check, check. Yeah, now Red is recording. I can uh, see the numbers going. Oh, okay. I can see the numbers going. Hey, welcome back to uh, another episode of our podcast, Rhythms of Grace. Uh, my name's Nate, and I'm here with Sung Kim, who's uh, the lead pastor of Grace Churches. Um, so uh, I'm really excited about today's episode, to be honest, uh, <laughs> because we're, we're moving into a, a like a series where we're talking about rhythms, and we've talked a ton about um, how rhythm is better than balance or uh, m- more useful than balance. But today, we're actually going to kind of take a look at, at uh, like a day in the life of Sung Kim. And if there's time, maybe a day in the life of Nate <laughs> Kimball. <laughs> Which will look very different. Yeah, they, from do look very, they do look very, very different. Uh, but to, just to get a sense of, of what your daily rhythms look like and what, what the benefits are of the rhythms you've kind of chosen. So let's just start. Maybe why don't you walk us through, you know, your, your day.
1: Okay. Um, First disclaimer. Um, As I talk through this, understand that this has developed over years and years and years of practice, of fine tuning, of changing and of failing. Secondly, understand that even as I go through this, um, like, I only maybe do this 70% of the time and there are 30% of the time where it's just like almost the opposite. There, <laughs> There is no discipline and no rhythm and okay. structure. So um, so usually my day starts off, uh, um, I wake up at 5.30 in the morning pretty regularly at the same time. And the first thing I do every morning, which um, uh, the Benedictines would call the daily office. And for, for me, that looks like I, I literally just lay in bed for two minutes of just being still and silent. And that is one of the most important and difficult part of my day because my brain immediately wants to go to the dozen things I need to do that day. So I need to slow my brain down to say, okay, I need to just be with God right now. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes that involves, like, just, I mean, even with my eye clo- eyes closed, breathing in, breathing out deeply. Uh, so I usually try to shoot for at least two minutes of silence and stillness just to center my heart. Then I, while I am still laying down in bed, I reach over for my phone, not to look at the news or social media, but I pull up my Kindle and, uh, part of my rhythm is, uh, a, a short devotional reading with scripture. The resource that I use that I would highly recommend and I've used for a long time is called New Morning Mercies by Paul David Tripp. And the readings are like a page, a page, a little over a page long. And I just sit there and chew on the words. And the thing that I really like about it is it's both really encouraging, but it's also really challenging. And it's very gospel focused. And it, I mean, more like I hate devotional books in general. But this has been the one that I, I've used for such a long time. And uh, then, so that's from like 5 30 to let's say 6. Um, sometimes that daily office could be um, uh, five minutes, other times it's half an hour, but I- I'm laying in bed the entire time. I get up, my next thing is I, I make myself uh, a cup of bulletproof coffee. <laughs> and, and I sit in the kitchen and uh, I have my Kindle out again, and I usually read for uh, about an hour. I'm reading a book on anything. Um, So reading is a part of my daily rhythm as well. And so that's usually from 6 to 7 o'clock. I've gotten uh, um, not only my Bulletproof coffee, but an additional cup of just straight-up black coffee. And by then, my brain is starting to wake up. Two cups of coffee in your brain
0: starting to wake up. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Can I ask, what is your family doing during this time?
1: My kids are just about waking up around 6.30 or 7.00 my wife is already up too, and she's, uh, she's doing a number of things. She, she's either, uh, getting ready in the morning, getting a shower, doing her own scripture readings. But, um, yeah, I mean, we're all kind of, kind of doing our own thing. You mm-hmm. know, we all have our own routines. Okay. Then at seven, I go to the basement and I have a, an exercise routine. Uh, t- two routines that I do on and off, um, alternating days, strength and core. Um, and, and then I'm done by seven 30, 30, I'm getting ready for work and I'm in the office by eight o'clock. So th- that's like a two and a half hour morning routine Yeah, yeah. that, uh, again, Monday to Friday, uh, it's pretty consistent. I-, I love the routine of that during my work days. Uh, I was just t- saying this to Amy this weekend, like, man, I don't know what happens, but Saturday, Sunday, I just lose all of that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and, and that's okay. It is, right? And actually, I'm, I'm looking forward to this because today we're focusing on, on daily rhythms, but we're going to talk about weekly rhythms, yeah. which have their own sort of pattern and are equally important. Yeah. Um, it is funny. Uh, like, we can get to, to more of your day, but it's funny just to, to think about how different <laughs> Your morning is then mine. I mean, we've said this before, but you know, I, I live on a I live on a farm and literally the first thing that I do when I when I well, when I wake up, I'll often spend time just laying in bed, but but um the first thing that I do in the morning is I get dressed. Like I found that I literally I put my feet on the floor and I put my clothes on. And the reason that I do that is because there's a whole host of things that are on my mind that I actually can't focus on until they're taken care of. And so I've found that I actually, if I like stay in sweatpants or pajamas or something, all I do is kind of like increase my sort of emotional anxiety over the course (laughs) of the morning. But if I get dressed, I come downstairs and and first thing I do is I go out and I do the chores. And that Mm. looks like, feeding animals and and splitting firewood and and like getting the fire started in in our in our buildings um we heat a couple of our buildings with wood exclusively um not your
1: typical chores no
0: not not your (laughs) typical chores but for me it's important because it kind of like then what i do is i do i come in um and uh and basically i have I, i make a cup of coffee or a cup of tea and my wife and i sit down on the couch in front of the wood stove um and we have kind of like a a time it's you could maybe call it a devotional, although we, we read things that are a little more varied than maybe just scripture based, although they're always scripture centric. Um, And we spend really like as long as we can half hour um, just reading and talking together and, and kind of um, we have like a no technology rule, you know, until a certain point in the morning. But I've found that if I don't get those practical things done, I can't actually settle my mind enough to, to like think about those sort of um, deeper thoughts.
1: Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. So you need to physically move in order to settle your brain. Absolutely. I need to slow my brain down <laughs> yeah. because the first thing I want to do in the morning is look at all the things I have to do. Yep. So yep. I have to intentionally stay in bed and just settle my heart and center my mind on God. Yeah. Or, or else I, I just run through the day without thinking about God. Yeah,
0: it's really interesting. Uh, it's interesting, the contrast, because we're trying to achieve the same end. Right. You know, we're trying to get our minds to a place where we can do significant work. Um, for you, it's like preparing sermons. For me, it's like organizational thinking or planning. But but it, we get there in different places. And, and I hope that's comforting to our listeners to understand, mm. like, look, there isn't a right or wrong way to, to run your daily rhythm. But you should have a clear goal in mind. And I found that if I try to take a slow morning, it's much, much worse for me because I never actually reach the point where I'm kind of um, settled enough to think. And so if I just get up and I crank for a half hour, 45 minutes or an hour, then I actually can sit down and focus the way that I want to.
1: Yeah. And I think it's really important to uh, when you think of rhythms to understand that everybody has a unique rhythm. And it's very different from goals, right? Because Mm -hmm. earlier in my Christian life, I used to think this way. Okay, I have a goal to do my quiet time every day this week, you know, or my goal is to pray. And the thing you realize is goal is really focused on tasks and results. But sometimes you could have like a devotion every morning and still not become the person that God wants you to be. And so it's not about like, well, I failed and I forgot to spend time with God this morning. No, when you understand rhythms and formation, it's more about becoming the kind of person. And these are the practices I engage in in order to allow God to shape me to become the person that he wants me to be. Then if you're only doing it 70% of the time, it doesn't matter because yeah. you know that you are slowly but surely being formed.
0: And I think that's so valuable. And, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I too have spent so much of my life feeling like a rhythm isn't a rhythm unless you do it every single time without fail. And and bizarrely, that actually pulls it out of sort of the rhythm arena right. and puts it into something else. That's a little bit more task where you lose the actual benefit of of a rhythm.
1: Yeah. Right. That pulls it into the realm of legalism. Yeah. And uh, again, that, that doesn't mean there aren't mornings where I, I, uh, I am being still and reading my devotional and thinking on scripture where where I'm just like, oh, my goodness, this is this is a this is a, a, a chore. Mm-hmm. You know, there are to- there, there is a place for for discipline, even within the grace centered life that that we live uh, and, and so I think, uh, but again, the importance of rhythms, the importance of just um, day in, day out, the regularity of that. You know, I, I think even even if you spent five minutes um, uh, in scripture every day, sometimes, in fact, when I talk to people and they say, hey, you know, Sung, can you help me? I feel spiritually stuck. I feel scattered and fragmented. I, I, I'm not really praying. Sometimes I'll often say, hey, look, before you go to bed tonight, like when you're laying down just like oh, just open up your Bible don't don't set a goal to like read a chapter a day or anything like that just or, or just even pray and shoot if you fall asleep praying like that's okay yeah there are many mornings when when I open my eyes and, and I'm I'm being still and I actually fall back asleep hmm. and, and so part of that rhythm is just allowing the grace to to you know, flow through your life and say, instead of waking up and going, oh oh my goodness, I don't have time for this anymore. I got to run off to do what I have to do. Like that, that's where God's grace comes in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. And one of the things that I love about a sense of rhythm instead of it being like a task is that If you miss it, if it's truly a rhythm of your life, there's kind of the sense of, first of all, there's some, you miss it a little bit, but also there's the sense of, you know what, the rhythm of my life is already like this. I'm going to pick it up tomorrow. Right. And that is really different than sort of like the pass fail mentality of legalism.
1: Yes, it is. Yeah. And I would say, you know, uh, again, most days during the weekdays, uh, I'm off at the office. I come home at five. Um, We usually have dinner as a family You know, this time of COVID is really interesting because I I know it's created a lot more time for families to eat together. Uh, Interestingly enough, our family, we eat together as much as we did pre-COVID. And and, I mean, again, that was a big shift in my life from many, many years ago where, uh, again, I'm a recovering workaholic. And part of that uh, commitment has been uh, eating with my family, uh, eating together as a family And I would say almost every night of the week uh, pre-COVID and because there was a period of my life where I wasn't physically present or sometimes even mentally or emotionally present. And so I know during this period, people are really relishing the time that they could share a, a meal together with their family. This has always been a part of our lives, at least for the last six, seven years as a family. And I know a lot of pastors, they're gone like three, four, five nights a week. And and I mean, certainly like it it, it is a total uh, privilege and and a blessing that that uh, we have the the space and and the capacity to to just eat together as a family. And and that's where so many good conversations happen. And so that's a part of our rhythm as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Ours, too. And in fact, it's interesting because we got we got very busy uh, in 2019 and our sort of um, our, our daily dinner was getting looser and looser. And for us, it's a, little, it's a little bit more complicated. We have a grad student, uh, a PhD student from U of M that lives with us. My parents live on the property. Um, and so it just was starting to get harder and harder to get all those people together. Uh, and, and thanks actually to COVID, suddenly nobody could go anywhere. And we reestablished <laughs> that. And now that, that the world is starting to open up, we've continued it. Like literally, you know, all, depending on if my son's home from college, you know, all seven of us, all eight of us, we all sit down Um, every night and share a meal together. And it is, it's a powerful power. I mean, there's even, there's even all sorts of studies about the benefits of, of eating together that go Mm -hmm. beyond the conversations. Literally the act of sharing food together brings, brings you like kind of knits your heart together. There's been some really fascinating studies that they've done about how sharing a bowl of M&Ms pre-meeting can help everybody agree, you know? Um, So it is, it's, we too have found it to be a very, very helpful rhythm. And again, the beauty of it is that if we miss it, a day, it's kind of like, ah, you know what? We'll all see each other again tomorrow and it's going to be all right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, again, I think I've talked to parents who have, who have tried to do, let's say family devotions and some of the struggles that they've had, uh, the kids don't want to do it and, and, or whatever. And, And sometimes I just think, you know, if you just committed to having the rhythm of a family dinner and conversation that might be
0: as good or better than devotions. Yeah, something like kind of specifically spiritual.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because again, it's in the it's in the details of your kid's life and your life that your your hearts are being knit together, like yeah. you said. Yeah, yeah. And one of the closing things that I do for uh, during the evenings, and, and this is a daily thing too, and um, the Jesuit tradition. Uh, calls it the daily examine, and, and kind of I have my own adapted version of that, but there is there is the, the, the rhythm of looking back on my entire day. Oh, this is another kind of, uh, sounds a bit OCD-ish, but um, I, 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 tra- <laughs> I, I track like how I use my time in terms of work versus family, versus eating, versus leisure, uh, and uh, in half-hour increments, I, that sounds so like OCD doesn't it we're not
0: even talking about how often you track your sleep schedule So
1: <laughs> I do that too <laughs> I know you do <laughs> I've seen I've seen the charts but but at the end of the day there are days when I'm just like I don't even know what happened today mm-hmm. it's been so busy and oftentimes I'll look back and think through all the meetings I had all the things that I did and I go oh that's right oh I, I got a little short during that meeting and, and that the time at the end of the day is a is a time to just reflect, but also repent and go like, oh, like yeah, I, I lost my temper at, at him or her, or oh, or, or to celebrate. Oh God, you really came through, and I felt your presence in, in these moments. And so I do that more again as a spiritual practice and a discipline, because uh, for me it, it's helping me become the kind of person that I believe God wants me to be. And so there is a sense of reflecting, repenting, celebrating, and just bringing up the awareness of God's presence in my life throughout the day. I also do um, use another devotional, uh, and and these, again, these are the two devotionals I use year after year, um, and it's called Everyday Prayers by Scotty Smith. And unlike most devotionals, the thing I love about it is it's just his his written prayers. Uh, It's kind of like reading the Psalms. Um, you know, I, when I grew when when uh, when I was growing up, we never used written prayers. It, it felt somehow more uh, or less spiritual. But as I've um, grown in my spiritual life and and uh, I, I've used it more and more, just because like the Psalms, it, it puts into words things that I feel in my heart and in my soul. And um, I, I use that even to guide my own prayer. And so again, like the New Morning Mercies. Uh, devotional I use, I use that every evening and I just read through the prayer. And there's so many times when I read through his prayer and, and like my heart just resonates with what he says and to the point where I, f- I'm f- I feel exactly what he feels too. And so that that's a way for, uh, for something like that to help shape my heart. So it's both reflection, repentance, celebration, but also like prayer, a guided written prayer yeah.
0: for me. One of the things that's great about the examine um, is that w- when St. Ignatius would send the Jesuits off to the far corners of the globe, where they would essentially be unsupported for sometimes years at a time, you know, apart from their brotherhood and any, any sort of semblance of structured faith, one of his only requirements was that they did the daily examine. Mm-hmm. He found it to be so valuable for people to stop and take a look back at their day that he... he, he that was one of the main requirements for mm-hmm. those priests that were on the front lines. And so, uh, you know, it is, it is so valuable. It's also reflection is a critical aspect of creativity. Mm-hmm. My kids make fun of me because whenever I finish a project around the house or on the farm, I'll often spend a period of time just like looking at it and, and, uh, and, um, they have a name for it because the, there was a season where we were putting all these major support beams up in place around the farmhouse, all these old repurposed barn beams, and they would come to the room. They'd be like, "Dad, you're beam gazing." Because after it was done, I would just kind of look at it, and and it's valuable for creativity. It lets you see things that you didn't see before, and the same can be applied to the day. There are things that you, there are ways you cannot grow if you don't take the time to stop. And reflect, and that's where the exam becomes so valuable as a daily rhythm.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would say uh, one last thing in terms of my rhythm. Uh, most of my life, I've been a night owl. When I first met Amy, my wife, I, I went to bed at like two, anywhere from two a.m. to four a.m. in the
0: morning. Oh my gosh! I just loved. Oh my gosh! Like
1: my second wind <laughs> happened around midnight. Now, after kids and after all these years, like it is a discipline, but I try to go to bed by 1030. Um, and that is so early for me. But uh, again, I, as I get older, the difference both uh, physically, mentally, spiritually that I feel, um, it, uh, getting seven
0: hours of sleep a night is,
1: is part of a, a spiritual rhythm for me as
0: well. Mm-hmm. So there, there's two other parts of daily rhythm that I wanted to touch on. One is that, is that for me, um, regardless of the kind of work that I'm doing, at some point in the day, I actually try to make something. Mm. Uh, and that can be as simple as making a loaf of bread. We could talk all about my sourdough obsession uh, <laughs> another time. But we also have a, a well-equipped workshop. And, and besides just doing something that needs to be done, there's always stuff to fix I try to actually make something that requires creativity. It, it it it's for me it's a way to kind of like um, reset my brain or recharge my brain. If I'm thinking in a certain way about whether it's church matters or family matters or even just the stuff that needs to be done on the farm, making something it's not it's taking a break but it's not disengaging. It's turning all of my mental attention into a different place. And it kind of allows this other area to reset. So that's something that I really do try to do every day is make something. Now, again, it's a rhythm for me. I don't uh-huh. do it every single day. Um, but uh, especially in times of COVID, the number of like handmade items in our house has like quadrupled. Um, th- the last thing that I wanted to touch on uh, b- before, before we wrapped up or moved on was I wanted to talk about the importance of place when we talk about daily rhythm. I think that if you're trying to establish a rhythm that isn't tied to your place, like your physical location, it's going to be much more difficult for you. You talk about how your, your time starts, you know, each of your rhythms actually has a specific place tied to it that you wake up and reflect in bed and then you get your coffee in the kitchen and you work out in the basement. And I know that for me, you know, especially in winter, I love the couch in front of our wood stove because, because it, it means so much that Amy and I get to spend that time together. I mean, it's like like stupid and, and stereotypical, but like with the dogs at our feet, like in front <laughs> of the fire. I mean, it is an amazing, amazing place. Um, and, and that helps me keep the rhythm, right? I like crave that. I crave what that physical space represents. So that's just an encouragement that if you're trying to put a rhythm into place, tying it to, if you're trying to pray regularly, have a chair, even if it's just a chair in your bedroom, but like that can help those rhythms become uh, more integrated into your life.
1: Yeah, no, that's really good. Uh, I have to run to my next meeting. Speaking of rhythms, oh man! So, so I'll just say again, uh, uh, what's your daily rhythm going to be? You know, you have to adapt it to your own needs and specific demands of your particular season of life. And so, what works for one person, like like Nate, might not work for me, you know, or for you. And so, and also, what worked for you at one point in your life in the past may not work for you now. And so, allow grace and not legalism to be the foundation. And, and, and lastly, just focus on being attentive to God in all this, and not so much the number of minutes or how many times that week you're going to do that.
0: That's good stuff. And the next time we get together, we're going to talk about weekly rhythms, which we have a ton to, to say about that as well. Thanks so much for joining us.